TX Water Polo Podcast, we're back. It's me in, I'm in Miami, Florida, Joe, and Joe's in San Antonio. How are you doing? I'm good. I didn't know you were going to, I didn't know you were going to be in Miami. Here's how things work is uh, my wife works very hard. She actually essentially subsidizes my coaching career. So school year's over. It's She wants to go somewhere. She wants to go to the beach. There's no real discussion about it. It's, uh, yes, we're going to the beach. So here I am. I'm in Miami, but, Florida. But Miami, Florida, aren't there better beaches out there? Joe, you don't understand the pressure you let you let her choose and organize you just go well she's really good at it too that's the issue like where we're staying is super crazy nice so i don't have any objection about that but uh you know if you're asking me whether i'd be here or whether i'd be at my parents old house north shore Kauai, i'm not sure it's a toss-up it's just that the uh travels a little bit longer over the pacific so but here we are all right, back to the yeah, back to water polo, it's and been, been we were months. at uh, yeah. we, we were both in San Antonio all this past weekend. Mm-hmm. What do, I don't remember; it's been a long time. Um, uh, I thought the West Region Championships, and that's what I call them, were uh, all things considered a huge success. Now, it was it was fun and hilarious because Friday night I went, I got back to my hotel on Friday, and somebody in the elevator said that there had been a tornado. Now that's not. I don't think that's actually true, but the power was out and we had to, you know, power came on at 1 a.m. and we had games the next morning. It was an adventure. It was fun. Uh, you're focusing on the wrong things. There was a lot of good water polo going on. There this was past a week. lot of good water polo. There was, uh, my Southwest Zone did quite well. I'm very, very pleased with the results. Um, we could go over a couple of those results, but uh, overall, again, that all went well for us as a zone, as Texans. But we had teams from all over the country show up. And uh, almost uniformly, Joe, everybody said that the San Antonio facility was among the best they've been to. And that they would come back gladly. Yeah, and there were 47 teams from the Southeast Zone, the Southwest Zone, the Mountain Zone, Pacific Northwest, and Hawaii. Yeah, Hawaii. Can you believe that? That's incredible. I think they were just, I mean, from the Hawaii people seemed like they were just so happy to be playing because they haven't yes. been able to play real games. They've only been able to scrimmage within their own teams one high school scrimmage over the past year and again places are different right they can do what they want but boy that you you just feel it for the kids it's like they haven't been able to do it for over a year and coach anthony who's a good friend i guess is that uh, said you know this they're just itching to get back in the pool they're so happy about it so yeah and then the pacific northwest people were also i think very yeah very grateful about about coming because they had their seasons canceled in the in the oregon and the seattle areas yeah so um, the Utah people, or sorry, the Mountain Zone people, I think they've been playing for a while, and the Florida people have ha- have been playing for a while. So, yeah, all, yeah, really good. Um, in case people don't know about the facility, it's essentially this is what people who have never been there have said. It's like, oh my god, it's like Stanford, and it is. It's got a big outdoor stadium. I mean, very big outdoor stadium with two courses. Uh, one huge indoor, uh, you know, two courses indoors, and then an extra diving well that uh, was, I was going to say yesterday, it's been, things have been flying by so quickly, but on Monday. Um, so altogether, uh, despite our weather delays, things sort of went off uh, as closely to normal time as reasonable, would you say? I mean, because it all seemed to work out pretty decently. Yeah, I still remember being out there on Saturday morning before games even started in my, with my umbrella as it's raining telling people we're gonna have about a 30 minute delay yeah so um and we ended up getting the eight o'clock game started at eight forty-five on saturday um there were no more delays that day 
Um, and we were able to get everything uh, kind of caught up by two, three o'clock and we were done and kind of out of there kind of on time on Saturday. Then on Sunday, I think there was another little short delay, but uh, everybody made through it and people got wet, but that, <laughs> but that's kind of what makes it fun kind of a little bit. It really does. Um, and um, overall, you know, it's, I mean, the feedback I got from people across the country, they love the facility. They love playing again. I think, again, the good thing about this event is everybody's on their best behavior because it is a evaluation type yeah type tournament the kids are being kind of evaluated they are being watched that's right and the coaches are too and the refs are too so you know i'm i am shocked that there were a couple misconducts there were a couple yellow cards for coaches Mm -hmm. but overall you don't get the angriness that you get in maybe a, a regular tournament no but um but you know people are on the best behavior for the most part um you know i mean Besides the weather challenges, we still had some COVID protocols that yeah 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 that we had to follow. Um, I think the tournament went off great, and I've only heard positive feedback. Same here. Same here. Yeah, a good way to finish the the, the uh, extended ODP season. This has been the strangest one ever. I said so in my thank you note, which is. Uh, uh, another way of saying that I don't plan on coming back next year. So um, for everybody who came up and said very kind things to me, I was very appreciative of that. It was a very good way to end the season. And although we still do have NTSC, National Team Selection Camp, those announcements should be coming out sometime this week. Um, it's uh, Typically they have a ceremony after the final games uh, at, the, at the tournament to announce, make those announcements. That was not the case this year. They're going to do it virtually. So we should expect to see those the next couple days yes 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 i do have a little pet peeve from the past weekend tell me tell us all right so i was pretty much the buffer go between between usa water pool and uh and uh and the facility um and the facility we, we still had like the core like the covert protocols as everybody knows in texas a lot of those protocols are going to be going away after june 5th Thank goodness. Um, as far as masks and capacity and stuff like that. But we still had that in place this past weekend. And that was emailed out to parents and coaches, et cetera. It's just that some people just didn't want to follow the rules. That's it. Okay. And we want to come back to this facility. And, you know, and I ended up having to be the bad guy, which is fine. I've been the bad guy plenty, right? Um, the mass police or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, it's just, you know, I don't understand. Here are the rules. This is why we are allowed to have this tournament here. Follow the rules. I don't understand why parents wear their mask in through admissions and then take it off and put it in their pocket. You know, I mean, I, I saw parents and I know who they are who were, who refused to wear their mask. It's, and it just bothers me. Like, this is the reasoning. Like these people, they, they work for companies or they own their own businesses. And if they had mask mandates and their and the, and their people didn't uh, kind of uh, uh, wear their masks, they'd be upset at them. Yeah. But you say you don't understand, but you do understand. You know why? No, I don't. No, it's, it's no, I don't. I, this, these you, are the rules. You and simply ev- everybody, don't, no, I mean, you don't conform the to the same personality. That's all. That's okay. it. These are the rules. Let's, let's play the game. And yeah. it, it's just like, if I go to um, like, yeah, like right now, you know, you 
depending on where you have to go, a convenience store or this or that, they all have different mask rules. You have to follow the rules whenever you go into that facility, right? Yes. So these were the rules. And it, all it is is putting your mask on for an hour to an hour and a half. I know. But I, abs- I sympathize. I don't want to wear my mask for an hour, an hour and a half. So I, all hey, I'm saying. I'm not saying I don't sympathize with them. Okay. But, but you say you I don't understand. all the rules. You understand. You understand why no. they do it. No, but I no, I think I, I do not. I do not understand. I don't want to understand why they do it. I just want them to follow the rules. That's all. Yeah. And it's like it's like people like like you know there's these huge barriers that are up because we needed people to move from A to B properly, mm-hmm. right? And you know people think that it's okay. It's that's not that's those are barriers for other people, not them. Yeah. And they walk around barriers. It's like no. Like, I don't know how many times I had parents that were walking in the wrong area. They had to move a barrier to get to that area. Okay. It's like, granted, granted, here, the next time that we're at that facility, yeah, no barriers, no mask rules. Right. Okay. It's going to be much different. But while we're there, just follow the rules. People didn't want to walk around and use this exit. Like, they're like, this is ridiculous. I go, these are the rules. Thank you for walking around. Yes. Okay. And, you know, people, people wanted to hang out between games. Yeah. These are the rules you, we are asking everybody to leave. We have capacity issues. So, you know, it's, it's just, it's like, you know, it's just the entitlement of the rules don't apply to me. Yeah. You okay, can but, be, I, yeah. But, on, but on the, but on the flip side, I want to, then these were the, those were the, those were the people that were in the minority. Of course. 90% of the people out there did a great job. Well, who and did, I thank you for doing it. Did, was anybody openly hostile to you about all this? Yes. Okay, so those people we know that that's not that's that's not what we're looking for. But I have enormous sympathy for all the rest of it. That's a very to me extremely American thing. It's like I don't partic- I, It doesn't make any sense for me to wear a mask outside. I, I don't. Re- I don't want to. So I'm going to probably flout the rules a little bit. But if you tell me like, hey, I'm going to kick your butt out. If you don't, then okay, you got it. I'm going to wear a mask. But I don't. But I don't think we need to get to that. We're all here working together. We all like this facility. We all want to come back. We all understand the importance of this event. So let's. Why do I need to ask you to do it in order for you to follow the rules? I think you overestimate the degree that we're working together. I think that's what you wish for, but I'm not sure that's exactly how it works. I think that other no, people have just, different I mean, again, most of the yeah, just most of the athletes, the parents, the coaches did a tremendous job. Yeah, all together. That was yeah. just a little bit of a rant towards the people that made my life a little bit harder this past weekend <laughs> which was the which is which no, is which is fine please make no my life surprise. hard i'm not i i am i'm not against that but no you know it's i mean the again the beautiful thing is hopefully that's the last tournament that we have to deal with mass at least in texas oh, gosh i hope so that was yeah um I, yeah, I'm really hoping that's the case. And uh, it reminded me, you know, when, when we were able to meet with coaches from other places in the country, how we're how fortunate we are in that regard. Uh, I've said it a billion times, but, you know, my team's back and been in the pool for now over a year, which is incredible to think about. But other places are not that lucky. So, yes, I appreciate that part. But I, too, am looking forward to getting rid of this mask. So And a big, huge congratulations to all the teams that came and played. All the teams that, you know, that got medals, the first, second, third place here at the ODP Regional Championships. And um, a preemptive uh, congratulations to all the people that are going to be selected for the national team's team selection camp when that time comes. Very good. And Joe, 
thank you. You're the one who put me into the position of being a head coach for this team. And uh, like I said, it's not, I don't plan on coming back, but you're the one who did it. So I do, ha- I am grateful. And people, for that. please do not email me your complaints about me putting him in that position. No, okay. That's the, uh, they'll go directly to me. Trust me. I get that feedback as well. So uh, we'll come back. We're going to talk with John Abdu, who I spoke to on the deck of the facility when I had a chance uh, this past weekend in just a second. All of TX Water Polo is brought to you advertising free, and we'd like to keep it that way. So we're asking for your help. Show your support by going to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give so we can keep covering the sport we love in the Lone Star State. Hey, this is Max Irving from the U.S. Men's Senior National Team. And to get all things Texas water polo, I'm listening to the TX Water Polo Podcast. John Abdu is here, State of Texas. The ODP West Region Championships are going on. He is the High Performance Director and my soon-to-be former boss because I'm retiring from this ODP, ODP job. How have things been going so far? Yeah, this has been uh, fantastic. 550 athletes from five different zones across the country. Hawaii, uh, the Pacific Northwest, you know, Washington, Oregon, obviously uh, the great state of Texas. Uh, kids from Florida, kids from Georgia, um, and kids from the Mountain Zone, which include Arizona, New Mexico, Colorado, Nevada. I mean, it's just really been a phenomenal uh, national event. I think uh, USA Water Polo has made a point about having new, sort of new, improved partnerships with local chambers of commerce and other kinds of things, and that's my understanding about what's going on here in San Antonio as well. Yeah, yeah, it's really, we're, we're standing right outside, and if uh, you're listening to this, you can Google the uh, Northside uh, Aquatic Center here in San Antonio, uh, and it is a cathedral of water polo, uh, just a phenomenal 50-meter outdoor pool. Um, that we connected uh, early on with the San Antonio Sports Commission, uh, and their job is to bring big sporting events to the city of San Antonio, like uh, you know NBA All Star Games, women's NCAA basketball tournaments, things like that. And our ODP national cha- or semi ODP regional championship uh, is one of those events. And so uh, we've partnered with some a lot, a lot of other uh, sports commissions and cities around the country to do the same, and it's part of our national growth strategy, but also a way to elevate our events into a pretty professional place. And, and that's important because it's not to, so past events. You could say we're almost a volunteer efforts in some right. senses, right? And now this is just a matter of making all of this more professional. I noticed that, you know, you're advertising a lot about the, the women's games against Hungary. Like we're on ESPN. These are a big deal. So just more and more professional is what it sounds to me like. 100%, James. I mean, that's, that's what we have to do. I mean, across the board, our ability to professionalize our sport here in America and have professional partnerships, right? We can all ODP and the zone teams have existed a long time, right? We all did this for 30 40 years everyone can say hey i played on my zone team i did this at any given time but the difference is and so a lot of that stays the same but all we're trying to do is then elevate it to the next level of how do we professionalize it how do we integrate it into a larger growth strategy how do we integrate it into further exposure for the sport right with uh, people watching getting games on tv getting games in big venues like this where People uh, uh, in the community, high people up in the in sports commissions, in the cities, mayors, you know, even uh, at the at the state and federal level, are noticing our sport, so they can help grow it with us, and and it accelerates that that growth a lot faster when those people are involved. 
Okay. Professional is the word of the day. Does that mean players are going to get paid at some point? Let's say Premier League, is that something that's in the offing, or, or what can we expect about that? Yeah, I mean, down the line, right, with National League, right, the, the, the evolution of Premier League. After a, League yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, no, no. After, you know, we, we had Premier League, and then we had a 10-year gap. Uh, and they got the job, and then we resurrected with National League, and then COVID hit, and we've got two years of no National League. And um, I think I think the idea of a professional league in America for men and women both yes. um, needs to be in the cards at, at some point. And whether that happens via um, the federation or if that happens in a private entity or either way, it's going to be supported because I think uh, it's important. But before you can do that, like we're talking about, you got to have the ecosystem to support. And if you build the ecosystem, then those things kind of organically grow out of that. Um, okay, maybe put you on the spot a tiny bit, which sure. is that so there are many zones who are playing here. There are many zones who are not, and there are, and there are zones who are simply doing other kinds of events that are sort of associated with ODP. Yeah. How, can, what can you tell us about the process, the decision-making process, which I know has been yeah. <laughs> arduous because <laughs> you have to react to basically political issues. Right. Uh, what has been the decision-making, and uh, is it possible that this is something that will be in the on, on, in, in the plans in the future, or yeah. is the idea to go back to doing a national championship and uh, in probably in California yeah no I, I mean I think one of the the uh, if we can say like good things that came out of COVID right is that we've had to do so much adjustments and so much like all of us have had to be flexible um, and make adjustments and make different plans through the years that there's going to be some really good things that come out of COVID in our planning that end up sticking and uh, and so we're going to review all those things we had regional championships right so before yes. COVID we had regional championships in Greensboro North Carolina and we had with a, which is another partnership to what we referenced earlier in the conversation with their sports commission in North in Greensboro um, we had a, a another one with the Utah Sports Commission right West Regional Championship so really what you're seeing here in San Antonio is a combination of the West and East Regional Championships in the same place. Um, and so I want to continue those things. There's no doubt that a national championship should be held outside of California every once in a while, right? And so I, you know, uh, uh, I know I'm being recorded here, but there's places like San Antonio that could be uh, a site for a national ODP championship, but I also really appreciate and like the value of having a regional championship that also leads to a national championship. The more steps in the process that we can put in, the more value we put in for our athletes, right? And, and that means somebody who made a regional team may not make the national team, but making that regional team was important to them. And then so every step along the way, there's something for every athlete. And so I, I, I envision us having regional stay, nationals, nationals coming. And in terms of like what everybody else is doing right now, it's we're just adjusting as much as we can to whatever we can do in every certain area to keep kids playing. And on today alone, we have 550, like I said, 550 athletes here in San Antonio. We have probably close to 200 in Northern California being evaluated this weekend. Last weekend, we had about 100, uh, 150 or 160 athletes in the Northeast zone, right, getting a, a similar evalu evaluation camp. We had it in Southern California. As much as we can get kids evaluated, get through this year, and hopefully we're all back to uh, our quote-unquote normal in the fall. There's a notion in Texas that the California teams, it was unclear whether or not they might actually come here. Right. And I, we, I actually don't know the answer to that question. Was there any sort of momentum going that direction or was it, it's just, it just wasn't in the cards? Yeah, no, we, we've, any opportunity for us to bring teams from out of California to states outside of California, we're, we're always going to go for it. 
the limitations tend to be with facility, numbers of facilities, right? So all of a sudden, uh, we have, like I said, I have five zones here. And then when I say five zones, we have five zones of men and women, boys and girls, and three age groups, right? So we have close to 50 teams participating this weekend alone in San Antonio. When you start adding more zones into that formula and that equation, the calculus in this requires more pools, more courses, more referees, more everything. And there are very few places in the country that can handle that type of load, right? And what we have learned, right, from all, all, all these years is that Northern California and that pocket in Northern California around where you, you know, where you, where, where you're from, right? Uh, in that area, we can, we, we can make that happen. We have found in Orange County, there's enough pools to, to make that happen. There is going to be a day when there's enough pools in parts of Texas that will allow us to have major, and that is growing. More pools are coming online. You know, even here, we're learning there's brand new 50 meter pool down the, down the street yes, being built. And so, and that's, but it's brand new and another one's being renovated. So those pools aren't ready yet. When the water is there, the events will come. Yeah. Don't remind me about how San Antonio is blowing up because me and Austin and Central Texas, yeah. and I hope you're listening to me, town of Round Rock, you got to build a 50-meter pool. Like, it's pretty ridiculous. Anyway, all right, John Abdu, thank you very much for your time. You know, thank you, James, for all your service and for uh, everything we're doing to grow the sport out here in Texas. It's been great. That was John Abdu. Uh, we covered a good chunk of territory in that conversation, but a few things left to talk about before we get out of here. Um, it is a busy summer. Um, the first event on my agenda, at least, is... Well, Cowtown's this weekend, but we're going to talk about Junior Olympic qualifications first, right? We have the a record number of teams. Yeah, so the um, the deadline for clubs and teams to enter from the Southwest Zone was last week on May 27th, and we have 59 total teams from 13 different clubs that are going to want to participate in JO quals. Amazing. Or that are trying to go to JOs. Um which is great. We, I think, had about 40 to 45 in the summer of 2019. Granted, I do think our number is a bit inflated because JOs is local. Yes. So, you know, instead of maybe having one 1600 boys team, teams might have two or three 1600 boys teams. And the same thing throughout the age groups and divisions. But, you know, I, I'm i kind of, you know, coming at 2021 as kind of a rebuilding year, right? Um, because everybody kind of has to rebuild their clubs a little bit at, at, at various degrees, not everybody, but you know, the different clubs, but this is, we have some opportunities here locally and I think clubs are taking advantage of it. And I'm very proud of those clubs taking advantage of it. And I do think that this is even whenever we go back to California for JOs in the summer of 2022, I think having at least the 60 teams that are trying to qualify is going to be norm now. It's going to be the norm. Well, see, that's what I was wondering because I, I, how much do you think it really mattered to teams whether we were playing here or in California? Not to say that it's not easier to, to know that we're playing here, which is most definitely beneficial. But well, I just wonder how many would have done it if we were going back to California. Well, it's it's just a financial piece. That's yeah, all. and sure. I think that we probably still would have had about about probably at least at least forty five teams that wanted to play. Yeah. Um, but you know that yeah that extra group is those extra teams like you know. A smaller club and though we have enough 12 you mix that want to do this they may not want to have wanted to fly but right. now it's a lot less expensive to it's uh, like it's a 150 dollar trip plus the travel as opposed to a five or six hundred dollar trip oh, plus yeah. the travel. it's so huge so um which is great and um and and i'm very excited about the jos here at the end of july <sighs> i mean i talked to a lot of uh, like uh, a lot of uh teams or coaches from around the country this past weekend at the ODP regional champs. 
And I think they're all they're planning on bringing their teams. Yeah. So they're, I mean, they're club teams and it's going to be, it's going to be fun. We're going to have an out of California JO champion, we, which we've never had before. Right. And, you know, and it's going to be, this is a one year thing. Again, just like the ODP regional championships on Memorial Day weekend was a one year thing, you know. Um, but I think this is going to be very, very good for out of California teams, growth, like teams that may not have wanted to fly out to California. They might find it a little bit easier, a little bit less competitive to have come to Texas, um, which is, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's going to be extremely competitive teams here at the JOs in yeah, 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 for session three. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you're not going to have the huge number of California clubs that might be a little intimidating for a newer club. Right. So, um, but I'm just excited for all the, for all the different teams and all the different clubs and all the different coaches and all the different athletes that are going to get to play at J.O. Qualls and J.O.'s. And just to let everybody know, um, people have asked about, are we going to get more spots for J.O.'s? So, so the way it works is um, June 1, which was yesterday. We're, we are recording this on Wednesday, June 2nd. Um, that was the last. So June 1, 1 was the last day for zones to have their, to give their kind of entries to a USA water pole. Now USA water pole now will take all the entries and there'll be extra slots. So the extra slots will then be reallocated to the zones that need extra slots. So normally those extra slots go to the California zones first, and then we might get some extra slots kind of, you know, kind of here or there. So right. for example, in the summer of 2019, we originally had um, seven uh, slots for the 1800 boys. Right. And we had 10 teams that wanted to go. But then um, after the reallocations, we had nine slots for 1800 boys. Hmm. And so, therefore, only one team could not go. So, um, so nine of the ten teams got to qualify. So, so this year, you know, the extra slots were. were the, our hope is this year the extra slots are going to come back to Texas and and yeah and yeah and some other zones, but um, but, but we're going to try to get as many of our teams that can go to JOs kind of going to jails. So. And when are we going to know that again? Like I, I'm now personally curious because there's a, we have a very competitive 16 and under 18 and under boys bracket. Yeah. Um, so we will hopefully know that by early to mid next week. So we'll know that before the qualifier tournament. Wow. I'm very excited about that. I did not know that. And, and for those that don't know, we do have um, 13, 18 under boys teams that are trying to qualify. We have 13, uh, 16 under boys teams. Amazing. Right. That are trying to qualify. We do. We only have the seven, eighteen, or girls teams, and six of the sixteen and under girls teams. So hopefully, kind of moving forward, that those numbers are, are going to pick up for the girls. And then we have the seven, fourteen U boys. We have three, fourteen U girls. We have four, twelve U mixed. We have one, twelve U girls. We have two, twelve U boys. We have two, ten U mixed, and one, ten U girls. Right. That's all by memory, by the way. Yeah, I noticed. You know, I know you don't have that in front of you. I'm sure. I would. Um, I would expect nothing less. No, actually, I I, I just read it off the email. But oh, like, okay. um, it is a ton of teams. Um, and it's going to be a ton of games. We're probably going to have the like like normally what we have had is Jo Qualls has normally been, in at least in the summer of 2019, we had two separate weekends. Yes. 
Um, so the events committee decided this year to make it one weekend because we did not think that we were going to have as many teams that were going to be ready to travel and go to JOs. We had to make that decision back in uh, January. Right. So, well, <laughs> we ended up having more teams than we've ever, than we've ever had. So, right. um, we are going to be using, uh, three different pools and probably five courses. Okay. Um, the 18s and 16s boys and girls are going to play on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Okay. And then the 14s and 12s will, yeah, we'll play only on Saturday and Sunday. So okay. we will have the 12 and unders are going to play at Bridgeland high school because it's kind of a smaller, it, it's still in all, and yeah, like an all deep course, but it's a bit of a smaller course. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 14s will play at side ranch high school or side Ridge high school. I forget which one. Um, and it, yeah, it is side ranch high school. And then they are kind of close together. So if kids need to play on both, they can go back and forth. And about 20 minutes away, um, the 18s and 16s will be all boys and girls will be playing at the side fair, uh, natatorium. Okay. That's the plan. Um, <laughs> for now, we're going to do two or three courses at the side fair natatorium. We might just need to do three courses to make it not as long of days. Yeah. Um, which is not necessarily ideal, but that's what I think we're probably going to be moving to. Um, but it's going to be good. There's going to be a lot of games going on. Um, and again, we're hoping that, uh, you know, there's not going to be mass mandates. We're still going to have a little bit of safety protocols because there are some still capacity numbers this summer, but it's going to be, it's going to be like, you know, mass are going to be optional. Teams are going to be able to come in about 45 minutes prior to yeah, the game. They're, they're be able to warm up at halftime between the third, fourth quarter, and then, you know, immediately kind of before the game, we're hoping to keep the games on an hour time frame. Right. So that still gives them an, another five, 10 minutes. Um, there's not going to be, you know, set ready areas and post game areas. Um, you know, we're probably going to switch at half. You know, we're probably going to do the handshake at yeah, kind of at, at the end. Um, but we're going to need to have teams and parents leave immediately after their game is done. All right. Just it's, because of capacity issues. It's so, almost like normal. How about that? Almost like normal. And uh, to be determined as far as locker rooms. We still might need people to come and change and leave. Well, one of the things like, about this past year is that people have become accustomed to, you know, these extremely short in-water warm-ups and all of that kind of stuff. I think they're, you know, this is, none of this is going to be a big surprise and our teams are prepared for it. There, you, you, there's no excuse for any team to, to not know how that would go and to get their work done outside if they need to and so on and so forth. So that's uh, all good news. And, and also just um, really good from a sort of Texas standpoint for both events, meaning, I know, you know, John Abdu said in the interview that we just got done with about how, you know, in some ways the San Antonio event is a staging thing. It's it's basically a a proving ground for the state of Texas to host more and more events, which is what you're hinting at as well. And I think that's nothing but good news. Nothing but good news. Well, we hope so. I mean, I think just as we continue to grow, can I'm like I'm a bit of a dreamer, so I want you know Texas water polo to be like, you know, kind of bigger than all other states. And even that includes California. So, and people might snicker at that and laugh at that. But uh, I think in time we can catch California. Um, And I say time, I'm not saying a year or two. I'm saying like a decade or two. And, you know, it's going to be, and, you know, as we do that, you know, 
and as like especially after the UIL happens, there's gonna be a lot more pools with a lot more goals, a lot more balls, a lot more lane lines, a lot more facilities that are used or that are used to water pool. Then there would be a lot more clubs. And then of course, then we can have a lot more events. Right. And you know, yeah, yeah. Whether it's a national team friendly that comes in, and we put it at, and we put it in San Antonio, and we get everybody from Houston and North Texas and the and the Central Texas kind of area all coming there to watch a couple games. Yeah. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah. You know, and that might be in the next uh, quadrennium. But right. like you know, um, we we had that huge event in 2016 up in North Texas. You know, those type of events are definitely things that we're that we would love to do at some point moving forward. Yeah, and of course, you know, and then of course, you know, you know, we, yeah, we do have the welcome to Texas shootout, which I think now that people see the facility and go, Oh, that's a nice facility. I think I want to go back there. So we're hoping that te- that coaches that brought their zone teams are now going to bring their club coaches or their club teams to the welcome to Texas shootout here in, over Labor Day weekend. Yeah, and again, I- next year over Memorial Day weekend. I propose I, that I prioritize that tournament for our club, meaning that you know there are people who are you know always interested in traveling during the summer and and uh, rightfully so, so they would ask you know wh- which of these tournaments do we really want to focus on? And I was like, well, f- you know, first of all, JOs and Southwest Zone qualifiers, and then after that, welcome to Texas Shootout because I love that place. Yeah, and then I mean we have a ton of of the other events. I think you mentioned the Cowtown kind of is this coming weekend. up this upcoming weekend. Yeah. Um, that's, that even has a master's division. So yep. we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks, but, um, and then we have, um, the endless summer tournament. Yeah. What was that? That, that's a new name for me. That was that's the new Dallas name for summer? what used to be called the Dallas summer classic. The endless summer. Okay. That is, that's, that, that, that's going to be hosted by thunder at the end of June. That'll be at a brand new pool, the Northwest aquatic center. Oh yeah. That's right. Crystal. Northwest, okay. Um, like, like the Northwest ISD aquatic center. Right. And, um, and then, you know, and then we have the sun's out guns out in July being hosted by, by, by Southside and Fairland. Yep. And then we have JOs at, at the end of July. We're also going to still have the, the games of Texas at the end of July at the same time as JOs. I, I did know. not know that. Okay. We're still going to do that. That'll be in Corpus Christi. That'll only be for the 14s and 12s. So if your club out there did not get a chance or get together to send teams to JOs, well, um, you know what? We might have a, a like another tournament for you. Wow! It's going to be in Corpus the same weekend. So Corpus um, that'll be a new one. Um, and then you know, and then we have Masters Nationals, August 27th, 28th, 29th in North Texas. That'll be huge. Um, and then we have a Welcome to Texas Shootout, which kind of ends the whole summer thing. So yeah. Welcome to Texas Shootout. We'll be we'll we'll be back in San Antonio at the Northside uh, facility. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, and yeah, yeah, it's busy, but you know, it's, it's better than the summer of 2020. Busy is good. No doubt. Busy is really yeah, good. And, uh, Plus a couple clinics too, right? Oh yeah. There's some, I guess right now they're starting a camp up in, like there's a college coach camp up in North Texas. Yeah. Right now. Um, and that starts today, Thursday and Friday. Um, and then there's the same kind of group is running a Houston College Coaches Camp um, the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, immediately after J.O. Qualls. Right. In and, Houston. 
and not just for high school kids, but there will be an, an you know accommodations for those who are younger as well. Even though they're not necessarily going to get you know you're not looking necessarily to get in front of college coaches when you're 12, you know. But that is a that is an opportunity that I know that I spoke with uh, Jeff Passwater, who's helping organize that. Yeah, did you hear how the Tony Azevedo thing went a couple weeks ago? Not so much, actually, except for what Spencer said. He he was on a podcast with Tony, and they said it went well. Yeah, good. I mean, no, I mean, yeah, so. So they had uh, another kind of an invite only type camp, right? And um, which is great. And uh, and they were going to come back to Texas uh, like every few months and kind of right. do something like that. And uh, you know, there's more and more stuff going on, yeah. and the calendar is filling up. Um, and it's just it's yeah, it's crazy. Like you know, this year of 2021 is great. The calendar fills up, right? So in 2020 we had COVID, right? In 2021, we have everything getting back on the calendar and kind of moving forward. 2022, we're going to have two high school seasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, which is great, but then the calendar changes. And well, instead of the fall being all club, 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 now the fall in 2022 is going to be, um, you know, a lot of, uh, it's going to be high school with the club for the younger kids. And now the spring 23 starts club, 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 club. Right. So yeah. lots and lots and lots of stuff to do. Yeah. And, um, and there's a ton of great people that are, that are leading all these clubs that are going to, to J.O. Qualls and, you know, and people are like, like, Oh my God, Joe, it's grown so much. I go, it takes a village guys. It takes a village. There are a ton of great people out there working their tails off to do all this yourself included James. Um, and you know, I mean, and that's in that and that's the biggest thing i mean if you're listening to this and you've played water polo you want to give back find your local club contact us we will we will put you in touch with a local club we are coaches we can never have enough people that's true and you know that's yeah that's that's the one challenge we have is manpower and the willingness to do it and I know people always always joke around with me like oh well you just get us to come out for oh you know one day a week yeah, just come out, just coach one day a week. And then a year later, they're coaching five days a week and taking their own team to JOs and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, you just got to start somewhere. But uh, yeah, I mean, if we're going to move and in within a couple decades, be as big as California, which is the goal, you know, that, you know, uh, you know, we need people. That's all. That Oh, that's all. That was we need yeah we need people we we yeah we need yeah we we need people to make it happen. That was your longest monologue on this podcast ever. I think you had a lot to say, Joe. I think we also just had a big rant earlier in the segment. That's what once, I'm saying. So. That's what I'm saying. You completely monopolized the show. I had so much to say, but apparently well, I don't have. I think people it. are going to be happy about that, so. <laughs> Joe. I think we're done. Let's get let's let's get out of here. I'm, I'm going to go outside. You're going to go do stuff too. So I think we're done. Anything else? Uh everybody, take care. Yep. Thanks for see you in a couple weeks. I'll see you in a couple weeks. Uh, that's it. Thanks for listening and telling a friend about the TX Waterpolo podcast. If you want to support us, go to txwaterpolo.com forward slash give. And uh, you know what? Until next week or two weeks from now, so long from Florida.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.